Okay. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, this young lady, I got a chance to be able to spend time with her about a year ago. It was one of the most listened to uh, episodes that we've ever had. Um, she is absolutely incredible and has added more accolades to the already laundry list of titles that she has. <laughs> I asked her which titles she wanted, and these were the, the ones that she said in order, like this, uh, believer, wife, dog mom. And now she has added silver medalist Olympian uh, to to her resume, which I think is amazing. Please welcome to the show, guys, the greatest college catcher of all time, Miss Aubrey Monroe. Hi. How are you I'm doing? I'm so happy back. I really enjoyed our last conversation, so <laughs> it's fun to be back now a year later. <laughs> well, I, right after we talked the last time, there was something that came out because the last dance came out, right? So we were, we were watching mm-hmm. that, and it was so much fun. It was so great. And then something came out, an article about your team, and it was listed, your team was listed as the greatest softball team of all time. And I about <laughs> fell off my chair. How did you react when you heard that and when you saw that happen? Um, it was just cool. It's cool to be a part of. Like, I mean, there's just so many incredible teams, incredible athletes, like incredible, like just women that I've looked up to over the years. And then all these super ballers that are in college after me. Like, so it's just like, it's just too cool to be a part of that and to be recognized like that. It's, it feels good to be seen. Well, Everyone out there that's watching or listening can hear your humility. Uh, I can tell you if I was uh, listed as the greatest of all time at something, which I haven't been ever, if I was, I tell you, I would wear a cape. You know what I mean? I put a fan in front of me, have it blow the cape behind. How have you been able to stay so incredibly grounded through all of the crazy accolades that you've had? Oh, my mom, for sure. She's been the perfect balance of, you know, belief and getting me going when I'm down, but at the same time, like, Hey, you still need to work on this or, Hey, what were you thinking when that happened? And so, and just like being really aware of things, not always lasting, like you can be at the mountaintop experience and then all of a sudden you are at the bottom. And so just like taking the good times as they come and being grateful and being excited about that stuff. But then also just because if I let the high highs get me, then the low lows will crush me. So I never want to be crushed by the low lows. So I just enjoy the highs. So with the high highs and the low lows, let's talk about the thing that you're mastering right now, which is roller skating. So you have been working. I've been watching you working on your game. I watched the first video and you were kind of wobbly a little bit. Then you started getting the backward skate, that, that leg and all you, uh, Mm -hmm. listeners out there that are around my age, you know about the skating rink and, uh, rolling backwards and Aubrey started to pick it up. Um, how long until you become the greatest of all time on the roller rink? That might take a long time because. Because ever since I took up skating or even I've been watching skating on Instagram for months. I've had my skates since April and I, I kept them in the box so that I wouldn't be tempted to hurt myself before I go to the Olympics. So they stayed in the box. We were ready to go. And then as soon as I got back from Tokyo, it was like, all right, it's time to skate. Um, so I've been, my entire Instagram feed is skate videos and people doing like this really cool, like jam skating and dance skating and skate park skating. And I'm like, uh, I'm not there yet. So, but I love it. It's really fun. It's, I've been wanting to try something new for a long time. Um, and now that I'm not as scared of getting hurt, I don't, I'm not trying to get hurt. That's why I'm all geared up head to toe, elbows, wrist, helmet, knee pads, everything. Um, cause I'm not trying to get hurt, but I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Trying something new. It's kind of just like a fun thing that I can do for myself now. Well, Aubrey, I think it's cool to, for us to be able to spend some time today because the last conversation that we had, um, you were a little bit let down. And I remember what, when you started talking about it, you were let down that Tokyo wasn't happening. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what happened in 2020, but maybe you just didn't want to go or something. I can't remember if anything happened. But 
you were really let down. Like when we talked about that, you could see it in you, you could hear it in your voice and you got a chance to do it over and in 2021, go to Tokyo to the Olympics. Talk to us about that experience. And uh, let's, let's start from the beginning. You know, when you're getting prepared, what, how are you preparing yourself mentally and emotionally to go and play on the largest stage in the, in, in your whole entire career? Um, it's, it is funny, like when you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, that was, it was pretty fresh when we talked how it was like postponed and we still didn't know when we were going to meet together um, as a team and just kind of like figuring out this whole training at home thing when a lot of stuff is still closed. Uh, it was, it was tough. And then we transitioned into January and our team was kind of on this loose two weeks on, two weeks off sort of thing. So lots of travel, being gone a lot, um, but just the way my team kind of handled that was really cool. We, we probably got to know each other as people, as women, as like softball players, but also who we are off the field um, better than we ever would have had everything just gone off in 2020 because we just really invested in each other. We really invested in like, all right, this is the group. Um, this is who we have. And then we found out that there weren't going to be any foreign fans. So that means our families can't go. Um, and so we kind of really latched onto this, like all we have is all we need kind of thing. And we just invested in showing up for each other every single day. And it fostered this really cool belief um, that absolutely was like the thing that sustained us when we were actually at the Olympics. Cause the Olympics is literally like a week long for us which is crazy. You spend months honest at this point, years training for this and it's six games over the course of a week and then, then it's over. And so, um, we just trained about two weeks. It was three weeks in like in June as we got closer, but we didn't have our coaches with us for most of that time. It was us with like some facilitators that probably weren't going to be with us in Tokyo. So it was a very strange setting, but that meant a lot of the responsibility fell on us. And so I'm really proud of our group. It was hard. It was a lot of like tough conversations and real life stuff, but we kept showing up and we invested in each other. And we, I think that truly is what now that I'm on the back end of the Olympics, like that is the thing that has truly made me feel the most okay after, you know, losing our last game because I just know that I gave everything I had to this experience. I gave everything I had to my team. I gave everything I had to those games. I gave every, I just showed up and I poured everything out and it, you know, we ended up losing our last game and that sucks as a competitor. It's, it's tough, but I mean, here I am, I don't know, two weeks later ish and I feel okay. I know who I am. I know that I gave it everything I had and I find a lot of peace in that. Aubrey, before, uh, when we come back from commercial, we're going to go to a commercial right now, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about uh, the, the way that you can stay so humble, stay so connected as far as what really matters, like you know, spending time with your team, <laughs> but also we're going to go into that killer instinct that you have, and we know that you have it, and how you're <laughs> able to balance the two. So we're going to go to a commercial now, and then we'll, uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by one of my favorite companies in the entire world, the Mina Group. As one of the top culinary experiences in the world, celebrity chef Michael Mina and his team are dedicated to giving you what you never knew you always wanted. With 30 locations throughout the world, this company is focused on the one thing that truly matters, their people, and that is why they are your world of wow. Change your life by going to michaelmina.net. I love the way that during the commercial, you didn't know what to do either. Abby, you were like, should I look at him? Should I not look at him? Should I look around the room? You are just an awesome person. I love you. I see your heart all the time. Um, I you see know what I was thinking though during that? What was that? I was like, dang, Kelly is so like just animated and excited. And like, he's just like, I love it because you just can turn it on and it's so good. It's so who you are. And I'm just listening. I'm like, Dang, that's so cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm on the uh, podcast with an Olympian, though, Aubrey. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know how many people get a chance to be able to do this? You know what I'm saying? It's it's just, it's incredible. So I, I, I love this part of you. I love the humility. I love the heart. Let's talk about the killer. 
Let's talk about the great white shark, the predator, the person that honestly you get in the water with this girl, you're going down. Um, how are you able to, how are you able to switch in? Because I saw it on a couple of your videos. Like there was a couple of videos, uh, maybe a couple months ago where you would catch and then you would throw and then you'd be like, it's slightly off and then you would do it again. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't this Aubrey who was about to give me a hug. There was a Aubrey who was about to smack me in the head if, if I did anything <laughs> wrong. So talk to me about that. Well, I'm always willing to give a hug. I love hugs, but <laughs> yes, I, I can flip a switch on and you know what I'm working on. And I, I think that just comes from like, as far as softball is concerned, it comes from just like a really deep desire to be my best for my team, for myself, for like, I view catching as a craft and a skill that I want to perfect. And so I've been doing this long enough to know and have the body awareness for my throwdowns and things like that. Where I'm like, a lot of people would probably see and be like, Oh my gosh, that's great. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's not what I know it can be. And so I'm going to work on to work on it until it's as good as I know that it can be. And so that's what kind of drives those moments. And then during a game, like one of the biggest blessings, like I really prayed before the Olympics for like joy and confidence and freedom because I didn't want to have any regrets. Like this is the biggest stage I'm ever going to play on. And I wanted no regrets. And so I prayed for those things and like, God is just so cool that before that first game, like normally I would be nervous and just a little like jittery. And so I had the good nerves, but I was really curious, like, how am I going to feel the night before our first game at the Olympics? And I felt free and I felt confident. And I was like, this is just the coolest. God is so cool. And then going through those six games, I had so much joy and when I can compete with joy, when I can compete free, like that, that's the best way that I can compete. Like that's when I find the balance of having fun, smiley Aubrey, like enjoying exactly where I'm at, but also being a really fierce competitor that's so locked in. That's like whatever this moment requires of me, I want to give that. And so that's when I'm in that perfect space of confident, free, joyful, like that's what really cultivates the what you end up seeing that's usually pretty smiley when I'm out there, but at the same time, really focused, fierce, like just so present. And that's when I'm at my best. And I think that's over the years, I've tried to figure out like, okay, why? Cause people think I, I grew up thinking a lot of people would think I was soft because I was like a happy smiley kid. Like I always play with a smile on my face to be like, Oh, she's soft or she's, you know, too nice or whatever to be tough. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm smart enough not to get plowed behind the plate, but I, like I, if I were to, I'd be fine. You know, I get beat up all the time back there. So I'm not soft. I'm not weak. I just like, I know what I'm doing. And I've, I, over the last few years, I feel like I've settled into like true confidence and not need, needing the approval of others and not trying to be other people. Cause I feel like I did that for a while. And so just really figuring out like, Nope, this is me. Like God made me lanky as all get out and it works for me a lot lot of times. And what I do, it helps me throw a ball really freaking hard. And so I'm going to run with that. And I think it's just like settled in to those types of things. And it's allowed me to find the balance between, you know, the soft, like sweet side that wants to give everybody a hug. And then also the fierce, like holding people accountable and like pulling people up with me kind of version of myself. So Aubrey, can you play softball like with your family recreationally? Like as a, you know, if your family has a reunion and you guys are all like, yeah, we're going to play some wiffle ball. Can you play or do you just bring in the Olympian to it and smashing people? I I honestly don't know. People ask me if I want to play slow pitch a lot. And like, I don't think that's a good idea because it feels like a lose-lose for me. If I don't do well, then it's like, oh gosh, she's an Olympian and she didn't do well. And then if I do and I do something really great, it's like easy there, you know? So I just, it's kind of a lose-lose. That's why I'm going the roller skating route. I'm just going to pick up something new entirely. So, so is there, okay, when, when Aubrey's on her game, right? When you're focused in, when you're locked in, is there anyone that could steal a base on you? I'm going to say no, but people do crazy things. So <laughs> umpires are a factor because there's been plenty of times like 
and when I tell kids, like they take lessons or they ask me questions, I'm like, it doesn't matter if you can throw the slow girls out. Okay. I don't care about throwing the slow girls out. Anybody can throw a slow girl out. I want to throw the fastest girl on their team out. And so, yes, I think I can throw anybody out on any given day. Sometimes they leave early and sometimes umpires are wrong. <laughs> I, love, Hollywood I, I, I love how you brought the. And sometimes you, I just don't get them that day, but I can. <laughs> but for those of you listening, the reason why I asked that question is because I was going to, I knew I was going to get the great white shark and the woman who was going to give you a hug and like want to tithe with you and you know what I mean? Pray with you and stuff like that. But also I'll pray with you after I throw your butt out at second or third or wherever you want to yes. try and steal. That's how we go. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, talk, talk to us, take us, take us to the Olympics. Most, most people, um, don't, I mean, no, number one, most people out there, no matter how good you are at what you're doing, you ain't going to the Olympics. And uh, Aubrey's going to give you some pep talk and be like, yo, I'm going to inspire you and you could do it. I can tell you this 99% <laughs> of you can't. So, uh, right off the bat, you're not going to go to the Olympics. You're not going to compete in the Olympics, but we have someone here that did and did it at the highest level. Can you take us through, let's go to the first game. Okay. One of the things Mm -hmm. that my brother and I, um, shout out to Rob, uh, one of the things that we loved with the, with the UFC was we would watch the stare down and we knew who was going to win the fight. Like you would watch and you would see in their eye and me and Rob would look at each other and be like, yo, that dude ain't got it tonight. Did you have that? Like, take us to the first game. Did you look at him and know you're about to get smashed? So we played Italy the first game okay. and it was, I don't know, there's a big like confidence level. And that's kind of the cool thing about like teams that I've been a part of, even college at university of Florida, like we went a lot there and it was like, we just talked about it. It was a daily conversation of like when we would do runs, you know, last six reps of whatever we're doing. Okay. Six reps, second or the sixth to last is Italy. And then you run it and you crush it. And the next one's Canada. Like each rep was like, along with the schedule of our game. And so we knew going into the Olymp- going into the Olympics, like it's Italy, it's Canada, it's Mexico, it's Australia, like however that goes. And then like we're crushing each one, kind of a one game at a time mentality, but like we're winning, we're going to the gold medal game. Like, so you kind of this kind of like talk about it, be about it mentality as a culture, which was really cool. So like going into a game, like, yeah, we did. We were like, we're, it's game one. We're kind of getting the jitters out. Everyone's going to like see the Olympic stage and feel that out. But like we are winning and it kind of just goes like that. And like mad respect to all the teams that are there because softball has grown a lot. And like every single one of those teams was really good and really talented. And it's like, and it was softball on any given day. It's definitely one of those sports where like if any, any day, anybody can win, you know, especially with some of the, like the way things are set up with this, with the Olympics is it's like, if it could come down to that one hit, you know, and it doesn't mean that that team sucks or that team's like so much better all the time. It's truly an any given day kind of sport. And so knowing that, but at the same time, we spent years talking about we're winning gold or we're going to the gold medal game or we're going to beat Italy. We're going to beat Canada. We're going to be we're just going down the line to who we're going to see in the gold medal game. And then like, so when I'm talking about doing our, you know, our sprints or reps or whatever we're doing for conditioning, it'd be, it's Italy, Canada, Mexico, Australia, Mexico, Japan, and then gold medal game. Doesn't matter who it is. We're winning. So on the back end, it's like, dang, we lost, but how cool to go through years of like, that's the mentality. That's the double-edged sword of it. Honestly, is that you're talking about it, be about it. Like you're a culture that like wants that moment that it's ready for that moment. And so then it hurts a little bit more if you don't end up winning, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. So when you, when you guys went in, you win the first game, obviously that, that Mm -hmm. confidence starts to build, right? Yeah. You go into the second game. When you go into the second game, is there a turning point or something that you see that opens up that you say, like, we're just going to smash right through this? Or was there some places where you started to say, okay, I mean, this, this is, we, we got to tighten up here. You know, the whole thing is so interesting because we, like, as a team did not hit the way that we know we can hit throughout the whole tournament. So it's like this weird thing on the back end of being like, 
in the moment we were like, no, we got this. Like, yeah, there were a couple innings where like you get a run on third, it feels like a big inning and things like that. But the whole game every, and every game for that matter was, all right, this is the inning. This is the inning. We're going to bust it open. We're going to score a bunch of runs. And so it never ended up really happening, but at that point it's just win. So celebrate everything. You know, somebody gets on, somebody bunts her over, celebrate that bunt. And then somebody scores her because of that. And you're celebrating whoever hit the ball, whoever scored and whoever bunted her over to get her in this position, you know? So it's just like celebrate everything kind of mentality. And then there's like those moments that get a little tense where you're like, okay, they have a runner in scoring position. Like, but it's not a nervous, like for me anyway, it's not a nervous, it's not a anxious, it's a like, it's go time kind of feeling. And so I love those moments. Like one of my favorite things about this whole Olympic experience was how many times I, like my pitchers would get a really big strikeout to end an inning with like a runner on third or a runner on second, like some kind of pressure situation for us defensively. They'd get this big strikeout and they'd get pumped up and I'm the one meeting them on the sideline. Like, let's freaking go. This is so cool. Like fire me up, take that momentum on our offense. And so I think in the Canada game, we had that really good relay um, where I got the play at the plate, got made the tag, got the big out. And that's so cool because that like those plays do not happen very often where it works out perfectly. You have the great play at the plate. So like to have something like that at the Olympics is just so exciting. And I have these pictures of it and I'm like, this is just nuts that I had to play at the plate at the Olympics and we got her out and it was just everything played out so perfectly. And so that game was, that game was definitely one of the closer games because obviously Canada went on to win bronze. They're an incredible team. They have a ton of resources. They train really, really hard and really professionally. So it was um, definitely, we knew that was going to be one of our tougher games going into it. And then to have a cool play like that to keep them from scoring was really cool. So, Aubrey, you can feel like the people that are listening and the people that are watching can feel your joy when you speak about it and the passion and the love. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It feels like I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. Which, again, I'm telling you out there listening, you may be inspired by this, but you ain't going to the Olympics. So, I uh, just want to let you know. Uh, Aubrey's going to be like, no, everybody, you have a chance. No, you don't. I'm going to tell you the real stuff. You don't have a chance. Um, so, uh, you might as well, you might as well enjoy your life and maybe eat some fast food. Um, so, <laughs> Aubrey, <laughs> Aubrey, live it up. Okay, so you, you've got this. You've got this high that you know. You you know the plays at the plate. You're connected with your crew. Can you talk to us about the emotional part of it, though, of having to be? You know, you're mm-hmm. you're not in a place where you can't go around and see Tokyo. Like you're you're not. You're pretty much. You got to go play, and then you got to sit. And you can't have your family around. Um, you know, there's not, there's a limited amount of people in the stands. Am I correct? How- so actually this, this is really hard when we first got there. Like we went to Japan early July. So we were there very early. We were in Japan a whole month. And so we were over there training at a military base that we've trained at over the last couple of years. And we, as we're there, they tell us that Japan's in a state of emergency now there's going to be no no fans. So it was originally that there were going to be Japanese fans or, you know, people that live in Japan, they could come to the games and then it switched to no fans at all. So we were playing in a stadium that was sold out for like 30,000 people. And then when we go to Japan, it's limited to 10,000 and you're like, okay, like we're softball. We don't play in front of big crowds anyway. 10,000 is a big deal. And then we get there and no fans. And what actually happened is we have three alternate players that have trained with us all year um, that are ready to go. If somebody gets hurt or anything like that happens. Um, And so they've been training with us all year three of the best humans I know. And because of what happened with those spectators, now they were not going to be allowed to get into the game because they were basically transitioning to spectators. And so it was heartbreaking. Like they ended up, up going home to America right before we played in our first game. And it was just so sad. Like they sacrificed just as much as we did. They showed up every day. They committed to our program for the last two years. And so it was really, really kind of like this big, heavy thing right before the game started. Um, So not only, I mean, I struggled with it when they first, just on a personal standpoint, like 
this experience kind of keeps getting whittled down. You know, I make the team in 2019. They named our team in October of 2019. And I'm so excited. My 10 year old dream is coming true. This is amazing. So excited. And then COVID hits our, our tour gets canceled. Okay. And then the, the Olympics gets canceled. We're not sure if it's postponed or if it's just straight up canceled. And then all of a sudden, okay, it's postponed another year. All right. But now we're doing it in like this weird COVID world where, you know, we're not doing anything with fans. We're not doing autographs. We're not like, there's no fans. There's like, it's just this funky system that you're kind of, everyone's figuring out as they go. And then no foreign fans. So now my family can't come. And my family has been along this ride with me since I was six. You know, they've, my mom and my older sister, especially have invested in this. My husband's along this journey now, like he's sacrificed because I'm gone all the time, you know? And so now they can't come. And then we get there and now it's no fans. And I'm like, is this like, I know it's the Olympics. I know this is still a huge deal, but like, is it going to feel different? Like, is it going to feel special? Is it going to feel like a big deal? Or is it going to feel kind of like another softball tournament that I play in the summer that nobody really cares about? And there's really no fans. So it was this weird feeling. And then on top of that, we're having to say goodbye to like three of our best friends as they go back to America and have to watch us on TV. And so all of that kind of hitting. Um, and so again, like another answered prayer, cause I literally prayed to my like, God, I'm, I don't want to have this like gross, bitter feeling about this experience. Like, and I'm feeling like it's just getting chiseled down to, I don't know what, like, please, like I need some, like help us create some kind of atmosphere, help like figure tell me to have a better outlook. I don't know. And I kid you not it like, yeah, I noticed that the fans weren't there, but like, it just kind of put this new emphasis on our team of like, we're going to create the energy. We're going to be loud. We're going to do this. We're going to be so together. And so it ended up being really special. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to play in front of a crowd like that. So I don't know any different, but I think it's just like really, it was really hard and it was really weird, but, um, ended up being like, God still came through and was like super faithful through that and just like showed up in a big way, which is awesome. So we're going to go to a commercial right now, but when we come back, everyone that's listening out there, we're going to find out if Aubrey actually said, let's freaking go. Or she said the other word, uh, right after this message. This episode is proudly brought to you by SamaritansFeet.org. I met Manny a homie probably about four or five months ago, and this man had such an impression on me. He told me that when he was nine years old, he had lived up until that point without shoes, and he won a contest, uh, got shoes, and it changed his whole entire life, inspired him to play basketball, inspired him to get a, a Division I uh, scholarship playing basketball and uh, succeed at a high level in his life. He then got to a point where he was so successful Successful, but he was looking for purpose in his life. Samaritan's Feet serves and inspires hope in children by providing shoes as a foundation to a spiritual and healthy life, resulting in the advancement of education and economic opportunities. When I asked Manny, why shoes? Why did you think that this would be so huge? And he said to provide a tangible foundation of hope and the opportunity for a better life, to prompt children to focus in school and families not to worry and to protect feet and decrease the possibility of getting a foot-borne disease. Since 2003, Samaritan's Feet and its partners have distributed over 8 million pairs of shoes in 108 countries and over 440 U.S. cities. And that's why I'm so proud that SamaritansFeet.org is one of the main sponsors of the Kelly Cardenas podcast because making this world a better place is our rent for living on this planet. Aubrey, <clears throat> did you really say let's freaking go? Like you were, you were really excited. It's okay. I mean, it's all right. If you, if you, it's all, you can talk to us. Uh, when- I really try not. Because okay. I try really hard. Okay, sometimes it'll slip. I <laughs> love I love how you said try because for all those ladies out there, all those young ladies, she is the best example that you could ever find in your whole entire life. She's an Olympian. She's the greatest of all time. 
Did it slip? <laughs> Did it slip at the Olympics? On it, I I don't. It's it slipped at some point. <laughs> I don't know which game when, but I try really hard. <laughs> I want to be a good role model. <laughs> hey, Aubrey, you are a real uh, good role model because you're real. That's the that's the coolest part. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest parts. Talk to us too, because my brother and I were talking about this with the NBA last year with no fans. NBA is a little mm-hmm. bit different because when you play in the gym as uh, playing basketball, which, you know, we did growing up, you play for the guys who are on the court, you high five, you do all the stuff. It's different in other sports. So when you've played that first game mm-hmm. or the second game and there's no fans at all, how were you able to get yourself into that hype space when you were like, yes. And then look at the crowd and like cricket, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, um, I. it really wasn't that hard. You know, I just, you get so focused on what you're doing. And for me, like, especially defensively, I feel like I'm probably noticed it more offensively, like just being in the dugout, kind of having some, like, downtime. But for me, as a catcher, it's, I'm thinking about the next pitch I want to call, the sequence, how we're going to get this hitter out, what's the defense doing, what is everybody, what's my pitcher doing, does she need a pep talk, is she okay? I mean, I'm, Everything is about everybody else when I'm out there. So I really didn't have a lot of time defensively to think about it. I just get so focused on like what's right in front of me. So um, I didn't. And then when I'm in the dugout, I'm I have that kind of closeness. So then you don't really notice it as much, you know. Like I'd look around and be like, big stadium, nobody's here. <laughs> that, but we were. I mean, we almost had more energy in that dugout than we've had anywhere else because. Like, what else are we going to do? We were waving towels around. I had friends wearing these, like, just goofy sunglasses and, like, rally caps on. doing. And you just – because softball and baseball are funny that way. Like, you almost have enough downtime where you can get weird. But, like, at the same time, you're still elite and competitive. And so you start – like, I had teammates with water bottles in their visors. Like, and you're bought in. You're like – yeah, yeah, Where's where are the water bottles? Put them back in your visor. We got to hit. Like, let's go. Keep it going. So there's this weird, like, it's kind of superstition, but it's a little bit of just the dynamic of our game. Like, we have the time to do stuff like that. Whereas in basketball and all these other sports, like, that are so fast-paced that, I mean, it just changes sides so quickly. Whereas we have these, like, all right, third out. Can you get your stuff? Head back out. Like, kind of rhythm to our game we just start doing weird stuff and it sticks so talk to us too about uh some of the give me some specifics we want to be in the dugout none of us get a chance to go to the olympics and be in the dugout take us in the dugout mm-hmm. to some of the conversations you were talking about the weird part of it and talk to us about the weirdest conversation that happened during the olympics and i want a specific you don't have to say any of their names but you just kind of laughed and you thought of one and you were thinking what you're thinking right now is should Mm -hmm. i tell kelly this yes you should um i I definitely believe that you should um but so talk to us about that because we don't really get the the interior part of it because it can't be just you know hey we're focused on softball and we're gonna get the gold medal i mean are you guys talking? Oh, Come no. On. Get, give it That's to us. too much for get, too long. Dish you it, have dish to it, dish it. Decompress a little. Um, and give us, the, set it up for I us mean, too. Tell one. us, tell us the inning. Tell us the inning. Tell us the scenario oh, in gosh, the game. I don't know. I'm the worst okay. at that. All right. Um, I'm, I'm the worst at recall sometimes because I'm just so like next, next, next. Like I got to get through these innings kind of thing. Um, but one of the weird things we do, I mean, apart from our three youngest players got to go back and finish school. They were, if everything had gone originally as planned, they were seniors in college. They would have taken a break from school, toured with us in 2020, but because everything got postponed, they're like, all right, you guys can go back to school, all that stuff. So they got with us in June and were playing with us. And they're hilarious, just like funny, you know, especially we have an interesting mix of ages. We have a lot of like mid twenties to late twenties and then a couple early thirties and then a couple mid to late thirties. And so, and then you have these like 22 year olds that are just like, what do you need from us? We're ready to go. Like they're so fun. And we got these really cool sunglasses from Oakley and they're just, but they're like big, like imagine like snowboarding goggles kind of sunglasses. 
they all three wore them and we're playing at night. This is for the gold medal game. They're wearing them at night, fully committed. I don't think they ever took these sunglasses off. They've got the, they were the ones with the visors everywhere and the water bottles and just like fully committed to, all right, whatever the team needs. We're the energizer bunnies, like let's go. And then another one that's kind of just like been on and off throughout the years, this is actually um, my Florida teammates might kill me for sharing a secret, but um, me and Kelsey Stewart, uh, we've been together since we were freshmen at Florida. So almost a decade now. And so we just would bring some stuff from Florida because we're like, we know how to win. We know what it takes. Like this is some dumb thing we do. But when, um, when pitchers on the other team start getting a little rattled, like they're, they look a little frazzled. They're starting to throw balls. They're starting to get a little like irritated with the umpire and they're just like, can't figure it out. Uh, we, we yell Deltar because Deltar is rattled spelled backwards. And it's just this weird thing and everybody does it. And this was like the first time that everyone on our team would buy into it. So everyone's like, Deltar. And everyone's like, yeah, let's go. Like, get in her head. Because they're over there thinking, like, what the heck does Deltar mean? And we're like, you're rattled. We gotcha. Like, <laughs> it's so dumb. But, like, you find so much enjoyment in it when you're in the middle of a game. This is ridiculous. So you were able to bring the the U.S. team into the right mentality that uh, University of Florida is the greatest team of all time then. That's what you were doing? Trying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What me- what message would you have to the rest of the SEC? Oh, it just means more. Tagline. Everyone, <laughs> anyone who's not in the SEC hates the SEC tagline. It just means more. But when you're in the SEC, you get it. And it just means more. Texas and OU are about to find out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it coming out. <clears throat> take us take us to the gold medal game. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you how are you preparing? Uh, what are you doing in the morning to get yourself ready? Are you a, a ritual kind of person? Do you have a certain pair of socks? You know, do you pull them up one, left or right first? What what do you go through? Take us through that before you get to the game. What's the preparation? Um, I'm not overly routine based, like as far as that goes. Um, I I mean I do my makeup and I do my hair. Like that's kind of my thing. I've worn my hair the same for since I was a sophomore in college. So I found a hairstyle that works with a helmet and I've stuck with it. Um, so that's pretty much as far as consistency goes. Um, uh, actually, when I get ready, I usually listen to worship music and then um, just kind of all of our games had been early up until the gold medal game. So it kind of was a different routine as it is. We The gold medal game was at night. So we had all day instead of some of those other days. We were getting up at 5 a.m. for a 10 o'clock game or something like that. So got up, got breakfast, got my coffee, kind of hung out. Um, and then we had actually, there's a kind of a core group of my team that we're all believers and we get together and then, you know, we do Bible studies or we invite people in and just kind of, it's been something that we've done since I've been on team since 2016. And it's been one of the coolest things to see grow as, as a believer, as like a Christian athlete. Um, because, I didn't realize how uncommon it was, but it's super uncommon to have like outspoken Christians on a team, I guess, especially like a pocket of them, I I guess you could say. So um, we've just seen over the years, like more kind of people come in and people growing and everyone kind of just comes together. But um, when we first got to Japan, we were staying on that military base. We got together one night and we just kind of like, we did a prayer circle where you just like write prayers in this big circle. And we just kind of kept it going. It's really like no pressure kind of situation. Just like, if you need prayer for something, go ahead, write it down. And it's totally optional. So sometimes it's four people. Sometimes it's six people. Sometimes it's eight people. It's just kind of varies with where people are at. And So before the gold medal game, we had all afternoon and we said, Hey guys, like we're going to get together if you want to come and we're going to look through this prayer circle and we're just going to have some time to pray. And we, I went through the prayer circle that we already had from the three weeks that we had been there. And I would read something off and said, Hey, if any of you guys feel like this was answered, just like raise your hand, whatever. And everything in that circle 
except for two things that both had to do with finishing well. So we were like, all right, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, everything got highlighted and which is just the coolest thing. Cause we have people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of faith backgrounds. Um, also like people that are new in their faith or people have been like grew up in a Christian house and things like that. So it was one of my favorite experiences to be able to like, just be in a room with some of the best women I know and just have people be like, yeah, uh-huh. That's me. Yeah. That was, yeah, I feel that. And then, and then we went around and did another circle for the gold medal game. And um, just to kind of see God move in my team in that last week was really cool. And being able to just see prayers answered and like, for some of my teammates, maybe for the first time seeing prayers answered like that and being able to like talk about it. Um, and so it was interesting seeing how many people going into that game prayed for peace, prayed for trust, um, prayed for God's will to be done. And just like all these things, like so many people were like needing to just kind of release it. Like we've prepared, we've done all we can do. We know that we can. And then just, I want to go and play in not because there's a lot of pressure. I mean, any, for any Olympian, there's a lot of pressure. You put so much of your life into this for so long. Um, but softball has been a little bit different because we've been out of the Olympics since 2008 and they took silver in 2008. So there's been this like, bring it back. Like people don't, it's an innocent comment. Like people don't mean anything by it. Everyone's going to tell you go in gold. Like, yeah, I don't want you to go tell me to go have fun. No, go tell me to go in gold, you know? So it's, it's this interesting thing of like everybody, we know that everybody back home in, especially in the softball community is like, they got to bring it back. And so there's this weird sense of pressure with that, that is a little unique. And then all of us, like we're not in for 2024 either. So if any of us are going to be two-time Olympians, you got to hang around for another seven years. Hopefully we're in 28 when we're in LA. So there's this feeling of this is my window. This might be my only shot. So there's, you know, your personal pressure, your personal competitor. That's like, I want to win gold. I want it so bad. Like this is it. And then there's the outside pressure. And so it was, it was pretty interesting how many people were just like, I needed this. Like, I, I want to just go play and have no regrets. And so, I don't know. That's, that's how we spent the day before the gold, like the day of the gold medal game, <laughs> right before we got on the bus to go. And then we get on the bus and we're jamming. We have a speaker with us at all times. So we're jamming on the way to the field and just like having a good time. Like after that, it was just like, have a good time. Let's go play. Like everyone felt really good. So when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about game six. We're going to talk about the pressure and we're going to talk about what song is getting Aubrey hyped right before game six. Another pause for station identification and shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Finley Cars of Las Vegas. I tell you, the next level in the car buying experience, and not only that, but the life of your car, the service that you're going to uh, experience is incredible. It's Finley Volvo Cars uh, LV.com. And also brought to you by uh, Bling Shine Serum, the only product on the market that will add weightless moisture, strength, and shine, and the only uh, product that has the endorsement of my mama. When I showed her all the features and benefits, she smelled it, and she said, this is the greatest product that you've ever done. And I thought, mom, do you not uh, look at the features and benefits? She said, no, if it smells like that, it must work. And I tell you, every single woman needs a little bit of bling in their life, and this can be purchased at kellycardinessalon.com. Aubrey, it's a true story. The commercial is a true story. My mom, I went through all the research development for bling and I showed it to her and she's like, it must work, son. It smells good. I was like, mom, it's not just about the smell, but I she's like, that. she just told me it is. And it became the number one seller in the history of our company. And shout out to mom because it was just because mm-hmm. the smell. So mom knows that. Uh, first one, what game or what, what, uh, uh, song you got the speaker what song are you getting hyped to i love like this is a jam i could listen to all the time the whitney houston kygo higher love remix is my favorite right now and it has been for like two years 
I love it. Is that what you guys I know had? Whitney, but I love it. <laughs> so were you guys, were everyone on the bus is listening to this one? You guys have it blaring and you guys are getting after oh, it? She's got a speaker. We're on the bus and we, Haley McClenney was on the speaker for the Olympics. She crushed it. She's a big Dua Lipa fan. So we listened to a lot of Dua. Um, but yeah, just like, it, it, she mixes it up. Sometimes it's, uh, she doesn't love country. So she would play country for everybody else, but that would be a short-lived um, playlist. And then lots of Dua, um, lots of that kind of genre and all that. And then the occasional like alt-rock classic bay. We have all sorts of tastes on this team. <laughs> so, t- so tell us about the – uh, I was watching a, a documentary the other day about Olympians and um... – uh, Lolo Jones was on it and Sean White mm-hmm. and Apollo, Apollo, Apollo Ono. And they were talking about that. I mean, the, the immense amount of pressure, like you were talking about, and you're alluding to of you work your whole life. And in, in your instance, since you were 10 years old, this is your focus and you've got one week. And actually at this point you've got now we're in, you know, the last game and you've got one game and can you talk to us about what that feel? I mean, what that feels like, where that pressure is? I mean, can you, I know even if you explain it, we're probably not going to be able to feel it, but can you take us into the mind mm-hmm. of Aubrey during that time? Yeah, it's, um, to me, it's exciting. Like I am, I've, I've won at the travel ball level. I've won at the college level. I've won at the international level. Like the Olympics was like the last thing for me of like if I win here I've literally won at every level which is cool but like I don't know I just I I feel like I'm very conditioned to be excited by it to like press into the excitement of it the the bigness of the moment um I actually like I'm not a big journaler it's not really my thing but I tried really hard to journal while I was in Japan and it was maybe the night before or a couple nights before. And I was just thinking about like how ready I feel. And so I'm kind of journaling and I'm like, I, I used to think that everybody who was elite was like this, that like everybody who gets to a high level thinks it's like has the same feeling. And as I've t- talked to teammates, like they don't enjoy it the same way that I do and not like good, bad and different, like better. It's not that it's just like, my perception of it all is like, this is fun. I love this. And everyone else is a little like, okay, all right. Like they're feeling it out a little more. And so there's a lot of moments in my career where like we're in the seventh inning and we're, you know, three outs away from winning a national championship or winning a world championship. And I'm looking around and I'm smiling and I'm like, you guys, we're about to do this. This is so cool, you know, or bases loaded with the tying run on third. And I'm like, all right, guys, she's not scoring. Let's go. Like, this is who we are. And that's always been kind of how I feel about the game. And I was thinking about it and I actually journaled. I sent it to my mom and I was just like, I wrote down like, why am I like this? Like, this is different. This is not like what other people experience all the time. And I wrote down that I think like I grew up, I've been conditioned to lean in, to press in and then bring people with me because I was eight in like whatever big game you have as an eight year old. And my mom's looking around and she's like, this is what we play for. Like with a big old smile on her face, you know? And so I've been taught like this, like when the game is on the line, this is what you play for. And so that's how it feels. I'm like, this is what I've been training for. You know, and other people, I think, shrink back or they get nervous or they just feel the moment as a, not even always a negative, like, cause I know a lot of people like that and they still perform great. Like it doesn't mean you can't do what your job is, but the enjoyment that I get out of it is like, okay, we question people is fine. That's awesome. Whatever. Everybody loves a bunch of hits and that's awesome. But like, give me a tight game in the bottom of the seventh and that's when I feel like I'm at my best. And so knowing that about myself, especially like it was like a light bulb moment at the Olympics, how cool is that? But (laughs) I was just thinking like before the gold medal game, like, all right, this is literally what I've 
been training for and playing for my whole life. Like I want to enjoy it. My biggest prayer the whole time was joy. Like I don't want to think back on the Olympics and be like, man, I was a wreck. <laughs> like I wanted to think about all the joy I experienced and how much I loved it and just was so present and so for my teammates and so like lost in the game. And like, that's exactly how I felt, which is the coolest. I'm so grateful for that because I have no regrets. I have no, like, no regrets emotionally, mentally, or physically. Like just, I went out and I did what I could do and that's all I can ask for. Well, for those of you listening that listened to Aubrey's first uh, episode, you'll know what I'm talking about here. If not, you need to go back and listen to it because this is a woman who showed up to a camp and uh, a tryout and wasn't invited. She thought it was an open one and it wasn't, it was closed. And she just showed up and invited herself to be able to play softball on this elite team and then ends up in the Olympics, in the gold medal game. And probably I, I would say, I, I could say hands down for me, the greatest part of the Olympics came from your Instagram for me. We watched the, uh, mm-hmm. we watched, you know, things that were happening. We watched, I even watched fencing this year, which I was very confused by. Um, but I watched it. I supported it. I was excited about it. The <laughs> whole nine. The high point of the Olympics for me was the picture that you posted of every one of your team, all of your heads laying. It was, I think it might've been the pitcher's mound and you guys were looking up and you were talking about the connection and the experience that you had. It really, it humbled me because a lot of times, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm a human being and there's a lot of times where I just want to, I want to, I want to, I want to win. Like I want to get that. And then there's people like you that are saints in my life that you're like, you should enjoy the whole time, Kelly. And I'm like, no, I just want it to be what I want. How, how well, you should have seen me 10 minutes before. <laughs> okay. So take us to I mean, 10, to be honest. take us to 10 minutes before and then take us to that picture. Yeah. Then. yeah. Um, I mean, so we lose the game and I mean, well, I mentioned earlier about like the, the connection of this team and like how much we just invested. So we had belief like down to that very last pitch. I mean, I was like, we got outs on the board. Delaney can get this hit and then bang, 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 bang. Like, we can do this. And we're looking at a 2 nothing scoreboard with two outs and nobody on base. But the belief that our team had is what made our team really, really special. I mean, everybody was just, like, locked in in that final moment. And then she gets out, and there's kind of this weird, like, Japan's celebrating, and I want, I do not want to watch them celebrate. So I'm, like, looking around. It was a little bit of an existential experience. Like, I'm looking around. Nobody really knows what to do because we're, we've talked about gold. We were all about gold. Like, we all we did was talk about gold. And like I said, double-edged sword, like now we're on the negative side of it, of like you talk about it all the time and then you're hit with we didn't win gold. And so nobody really knows what to do. And I'm looking around, people are getting a little emotional and I'm like, but we're kind of scattering. And so I, and they're watching them and I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, why do you want to watch them celebrate? I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to see them so happy. (laughs) And so I called everybody together. I was like, everybody come on, let's come in. And we huddled up and people started to cry. And I'm like, we've been together this whole way. And so we're going to be together right now. And I said, it's okay that it hurts. Cause I'm not like, I'm who am I? Like, I'm not excited right now. I'm not happy. I'm not going to say it's all going to be okay guys. Cause right now it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. It, nobody even knows how they truly feel. They're just like, it's starting to sink in that we, we didn't do what we set out to do for two years. And so it's like starting to sink in. And so I, all I could say was like, I love you guys. I pick you every time. And like that it's okay that it hurts. Like, I don't know what else to say. And so we just kind of like, we're there. And then we started hugging each other and like, People started to really cry after that because it really starts to hit you. And then we go to the locker room and with 
the like the pageantry of the Olympics. Like you go to the locker room, you got to do your media, and then you have to put on the podium suit. You got to go do the whole thing. So, but we have a lot of like dead time. So we're in the locker room. People are still kind of processing. People are emotional. All that stuff. Our coaches talk and all that jazz. And so then we have to go out to the podium and we're wearing our, you know, our cool Nike suit and all that. And we're like ready to go. And it's like this weird feeling because the thing is like about a silver medalist, you're the only one on the podium that lost your last game. And so it's this bittersweet feeling of the freshness of a loss as a competitor of like, we're elite for a reason because we're fierce competitors and we're like fiery. We hate to lose. Like, so there's this bittersweetness of the freshness of a loss, but at the same time, you're like, I'm on the, I'm on the metal stand. Like, this is amazing. This is small population gets to go to the Olympics for starters, let alone metal. And so, but like gold is happy because obviously they just want a gold medal. Like, hello, that's the goal. Bronze is happy because they meddled. And then you've got silver in the middle of like, I'm going to be happy about this in a week. Like, <laughs> but right now I'm looking at team Japan on the top step. Like it should be us, you know? And so you're just like, it's weird. And I, they went in number order and I'm number one. So I have to be at the front of this line. They walk us past the bronze and then they walk us past the gold medals. And then I'm sitting there staring at the silver medals for this whole thing. And you're like, probably the best thing about not having fans there was that you, you didn't feel like you had to fake it as bad and we're wearing masks. So like, you don't have to fake smile this whole time. So it's like, and then you put your metal on and you're looking at it and you're like, whoa, it's like, it's, it's big, it's heavy. It's pretty cool looking, but like, man, it's silver. Like it's like the war of emotions is joke. And then we went back to the locker room and, you know, people are just kind of like, you don't know what to do. You're still just kind of hanging out. And then some of my teammates were like, let's go take pictures. And I was like, first I didn't want to go. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I don't, I don't think I'm going to want to take pictures. And I was like, my mom's going to want pictures. So (laughs) I go out there and I'm so glad I did. Like some of the most special moments happened, like special because they were as real as it comes. And that's what made that moment that year describing the picture for my Instagram. So special is like, so we've taken some pictures, you know, and you're holding me up your silver medal. Like, yeah. Silver medal, because this is the picture you take, but you're like, silver. (laughs) You just don't know how to feel, because you are proud. But at the same time, you're like, this is the one I wanted. I wanted that other one. (laughs) And so then you're just, like, dealing with it. And then I'm standing there, and people are, like, Canada's over taking pictures, Japan's taking pictures, and we're kind of in our corner. And I just realized how tired I was. Like my knees started to hurt a little bit and I was like, I don't want to leave. Like, I don't want to, I want to be with my team. So I just laid down and then my teammate Delaney laid down and put her head right next to mine and we're just laying there. And then more teammates came and they're laying on each other and like, and I'm not kidding when I say that's my most favorite memory of my entire Olympic experience because it was truly like the, it was just the reality of it all. Like people are sitting there like, we lost. And then you're like, yeah, we did. We just lost. And then it was like, but we had so much joy. I mean, and like, not just like my Christian teammates saying this, you know, like we had been praying for joy the whole time, but I had teammates that were like, oh my gosh, we had so much joy. It was so cool. Like, look what we did guys. Like we, we had like no resources, Look what we did the last eight months. We had so much joy, but like, oh, we just lost like, and just like laying there probably sounding super delirious to people, but just raw and real. And like, I don't know. It's, it's just one of my favorite things to remember, to think about, because it's like, that was it. That was us. Like, the two we were, like, it was the, it was, and I said in my Instagram, it was a both and, like, we were heartbroken, we were upset, we were, like, 
it was not what we expected or wanted. And yet we could still talk about the joy we experienced and how much we loved each other and just like how special this team was. So I don't know. It's, I'm not a saint by any means. There was, it's part of it sucked, but I've just, I feel like I've been through enough of like the hills and valleys of sport of like, it cannot be all about the end goal because I've won and the next day felt like, oh, it's over. What now? And then I've lost now and I needed to be okay. My prayer before the gold medal game, what I wrote in that prayer circle was, God, give me a content heart no matter what happens. Like a content heart that if we win, that I don't lose sight of all that you've done because we won. And if we lose a content heart that can still see our goodness. And that's exactly how I felt. So it's just like, it's truly a testimony of how faithful God is and how he just is like so in the details. And it's just like, I'm just in awe of all the things I got to see and be a part of. It's so cool. Aubrey, we're going to go to one final commercial break. And when we come back, when we come back, I, I, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to get your advice to my kids. So get ready for that one. Um, but, oh, yeah. But also, also, we're going uh, to talk about uh, what you're going to do next, where, you're, where your uh, mind is and where you're going that way. So, Cool. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now's the time to do some shameless promotion. This episode is brought to you by Squeeze Dried, a delicious, no-hassle way to get superfoods, vitamins, and nutrition. SqueezeDried.com. It's also brought to you by Cardenas Law Group, a high-level boutique law firm for all your personal injury needs. That's CardenasLawGroup.com. Thank you so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're continuing to enjoy the episode. So... Aubrey, what uh, when you when you were uh, ten years old, sneaking into places that you weren't supposed to be to, and mm-hmm. then forcing your way in, inviting yourself to the party, right? Not a sneaker. Yes. <laughs> so inviting yourself to the party and and getting to stay, and then performing at the highest level, right? This is the Star Wars. The Olympics is a Star Wars at that time. What's the Star mm-hmm. Wars now? Um, I'm actually super excited about once I, um, get home from right now, I'm playing in athletes unlimited. Um, when I get home from this experience, I have really nothing concrete out in front of me and I have not had that since I don't know when. So it's actually kind of exciting. It makes me a little antsy, but, um, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I work part-time at my church whenever I'm at home. So I'm excited to, kind of get more time doing that. I really enjoy it. It's really rewarding work. Um, I'm excited to like figure out what my life with my husband looks like when I can actually be home. We got married in 2019 and I've been gone for gosh, probably half of the time that we've been married. He's a total trooper. Um, so just kind of like, I'm looking forward to kind of like what this new rhythm of life is going to be, especially after the last two years, which kind of extended the whole Olympic year scenario. Um, And I plan on continue playing for a little bit longer. And just because I, the Olympics is a little bit too abrupt for me. It's too high of a high to just call it a day. Um, It's not really my nature. And then um, I, I really like the idea of kind of transitioning my way out and like being able to be a resource to young catchers and like, that are kind of coming up through the program after me. So I don't know. It's kind of exciting to not know though. Yes. So do me the, do me the favor. We didn't do this last time, but he hasn't called yet, yet. Look into the camera and send a message out to Mr. David Ross, because we talked about him last time. I want you to look into the camera and I want you to tell Mr. Old Man Ross uh, what, why he should be hanging out with Aubrey and why he should be able to connect. Give him a message right now. Okay. David Ross, we are kindred spirits. We are both catchers that are like pitchers catchers. We're like glue people. And so I really want to meet you and like talk shop with you. And my dad is a Cubs fan. It has been his whole life has converted me slightly to a Cubs fan. So like 
we're, but we're kindred spirits. I read your book and it spoke to me. So we need to meet. David Ross, I, if you're out there, if you're if you're a person out there that has some sort of connection to David Ross, we need to get this to him because this is the greatest. <laughs> this is the greatest catcher of all time that I'm talking to right now in Aubrey Monroe. <gasps> David, you could learn some things here, bro. And so you need to get you need to <laughs> holler. You need to holler at your girl. Um, I want to, uh, you know, I, I've told you before that. Uh, we started the podcast because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself. Now a silver medalist, a silver mm-hmm. medalist. That that sounds really good. A silver medalist, Olympian, champion. And I want to take my kids, Madison McKenna, and I want to tell them like, look, as as I was joking earlier, <laughs> you ain't going to make the Olympics when I was saying that. The <laughs> fact that the fact that we get a chance to talk to you makes it possible. And I wanted to show them that no matter what it was and the iconic people and the greatest, the greatest of all time that I'm talking to right now is not a superhero. It's simply a human being with a phenomenal attitude and great work ethic. What message from the Olympic silver medalist, greatest of all time catcher in the world would give to Maddox and McKenna? What advice would you give to them? And use their names too, Aubrey. I don't. I don't want to repeat. I can't totally remember what I said last time. Actually, I think I kind of remember. And I don't think it's the same as what I'm about to say now. <laughs> so Maddox and McKenna, whatever like you love, like don't forget that you love it. So whether it's music or arts or sport or math or I don't care what it is, but like if you're going to pursue something, if you've got a dream that's like based or foundation and like, a, a love don't lose the love because the love is what will get you through the hills and valleys the love is like if you can always come back to why you started what you like what the thing about whatever that thing you're doing is whatever it is that lights you up if you can keep that at the forefront of mind you won't mind working hard you won't mind sacrificing and you won't you won't look back and feel like you wasted time so whatever you remember what you love about whatever you end up doing and keep that at the forefront. Aubrey, one last thing that I didn't say that I want to say to you is I cannot wait to watch you on ESPN as the number one correspondent for women's softball, which is going to happen, <laughs> which is going to happen. And you're going to be on sports center and then you're going to transition. And if you want to go move on throughout, uh, you know, softball or whatever it is, but how amazing would is it going to be to be able to watch that transition and we're calling the shot now because that you you understand Aubrey you understand that that's going to happen you understand I mean it, it's going to happen I'm you're going open to all possibilities at this point <laughs> you're you're going to be in that spot and the reason why I say and the the biggest thing for me today and what I want to thank you for is the reality the reality that you gave us today because a lot of people would be like yo I'm an Olympian I'm an example so I need to tell you all the shiny happy part but I love when you said 10 minutes before and then you <laughs> went into that part because it really helps us to realize <laughs> that you know that the, the reality of the situation the gravity of the situation which I think is amazing so now's the time if you're listening out there, uh, click the links, uh, you know, uh, check out our sponsors, do all the things that you know you need to do. And also, if there is a young lady in your life that's playing sports, that's competing at any level, um, doing anything, please share this episode with her because I believe that Aubrey is such a great example, not of a softball player, not as the greatest uh, softball catcher of all time, not as an Olympian, but as a woman and as a person that can make this world better. I want you to take us home with a real, and you can do freaking because I know you're not going to say the other word. Give me an Olympian. <laughs> let's freaking go like you said it when you were playing on the field in Tokyo. Oh, gosh. See, this is why I admire you and your commercials because you can like, you, you have it in you to just pull it out. But let's freaking go. We love you so much, Aubrey. You're officially off the hot seat.